Honor, how you doing, man? Good, Dalton. How you doing, brother? Good. We're in a great, great, great time of year for the sports calendar. March Madness, NFL free agency, busted bracket season, um, unnecessary hopes with NFL fans, some World Baseball Classic. We won't get into that today, although the championship is tonight, USA and Japan. Um, we officially named our segment the DH segment. We're both big baseball fans, designated hitter, Dalton and Hunter, however you want to do it. Um, but we'll start off with whatever you want to start off with. What do you want to go with, March Madness or NFL free agency? Uh, let's just go right into the thick of it with, you know, NFL free agency. Um, you know, there were some really good pickups, I think, and there were some, like, very not-so-good pickups, and I kind of think of a waste. But, um, you know, yeah, I'm excited. You know, the biggest one that st- stood out to me um, is the Bengals uh, picked up an offensive lineman. Um, that, that was um, Orlando, Orlando Brown. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was really, really shocked to see the Chiefs didn't re-sign him, um, you know, since he came from the Ravens right before. Um, but So, a, yeah. a, couple of, a couple of tidbits on that one, and I'm not saying this as a Chiefs fan to complain or anything. I actually don't agree with Chiefs fans saying, okay, well, good luck, Bengals. Um, he allows he, – uh, his pressure rate is enormous. Well, there's two different quarterbacks back there, both great quarterbacks, one and two. They're kind of interchangeable. I'd say Mahomes is better than Burrow, one, because I'm a Chiefs fan, too. He has the rings to back it up right now. But anyways, um, Orlando Brown Jr. is better at run blocking and better at um, stand-up pass blocking, not West Coast-style, all-over-the-place offense. The Bengals are straight up, throw a deep, or run the ball. They're kind of like a – more of a deep passing threat offense than the Ravens putting that as like, like if I explain that to a five-year-old or a casual fan, that's how I'd say it. So I think Orlando Brown Jr. is a great pickup. Now I do think is in his, I didn't look at all the ins and outs of the total of the contract total, but the chiefs did offer him more than the Bengals did. So I don't know if his agent screwed him over or Orlando Brown just wanted a different style of offense to do to go with. So I, I don't know, but it is a great pickup for the Bengals. Yeah, there's no there's definitely it. some behind the scenes stuff that, you know, that you know that we, me and you, obviously can't see or none of or nobody else is really talking about. There's always behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, but you know, with him getting picked up, and then you know, Jacoby Myers, um, you know, him leaving New England and New England, you know, I think they're hoping to get D Hop, uh, but I think who else is on that D Hop train right now? Isn't Kansas City one of them? And then, Kansas City's uh, one of them, I believe. Buffalo, no, not Buffalo. Kansas City, New England, and the first two, I believe. Yeah. I thought there was a third one, but I can't remember who. There's a third one. Was. I can't remember who they were either. Yeah. But, yeah, there's, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what New England does. Um, you know, I didn't think Bill Belichick would go out and sign someone like Juju. That kind of just threw me off a little bit. I that might be a that. Billy O'Brien effect. I think Bill O'Brien's trying to come back. I actually could see Bill O'Brien being the sort of era parent to New England where the franchise is more stable than maybe Houston and they can't let Bill O'Brien do whatever he wants. So I think that'd be kind of perfect. I'm not saying, Oh, well, let's, let's see Bill Belichick retire and then Bill O'Brien takes over, but he is taking over the offense, which is great for Mac Jones will be great for Mike Gusecki. Who's there. I believe uh, Hunter Henry's still there. And then you'll have Juju. Um, they still have a solid running game and a solid line. So the Patriots offense will be much more improved um, this year. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Another pickup, it's, which is probably depending on health and what they do with their quarterback, um, the San Francisco 49ers picked up uh, Jason Hargrave from the Eagles. And yeah, they, also, they did. They are Javon Hargrave, sorry. And, um, you know, they got rid of Jimmy G. They sent him. He got – he's with the Raiders now. And... He's, he's now with the Raiders um, I think they're going to try and basically do what they did with Derek Carr. What they wanted to do is just Derek Carr didn't fit in with that offense, and Jimmy G fits in with the Josh McDaniels culture and the offense. So I think that's a perfect fit for him. How how do I think they'll do in the division? I don't know. That's a little uh, too early to talk about, in my opinion. Um, I think that's more of a June conversation or a July conversation. When who the do sports... you think, Dalton? Who do you think? You know, you know, just cutting you off just real quick. Who do you think's you know having some really good you know, free agency right now. I, I see Carolina, the Panthers are picking up a lot of talent right now. Um, kind of older talent, but they are picking up talent. And I also see, um, you know, the Lions have 
a lot of picks coming in, um, you know, into the draft. So they're on their, you know, they're, I think the Lions are going to be incredible this next year. Um, <clears throat> they've just got an arsenal of picks. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, some of the middle of the pack, maybe sort of the bottom teams the past couple seasons, you know, rise up a little bit. Um, who do you think? Carolina is going to go I, for what do you what do you think with you know what teams do you think are going to get a big swing because of free agency I, I would say the Lions and their other NFC North rival the the Bears um and the words of Mike Ditka the Bears um I think uh I, I think those two are kind of going to be kind of going back the Lions will go from the middle of the pack to a contender not a Super Bowl contender but a playoff contender I'd say those are two different things but they can make some noise in the playoffs, but will they get to the Super Bowl? I don't know just yet. And then the Bears will go from like bottom of the pack to middle, maybe that lower elite tier. Um, just because if, if they can get Justin Fields some mild protection and they already got uh DJ Moore from Carolina, they got Chase Claypool, they got yeah. a good they got a good tight end, they got a good running game. I know they lost David Montgomery, but they still got a good running game. So I'd say the Bears and the Lions, the Panthers do do have some great moves. Um, have, I've made some great moves. It depends on what they do with quarterback. I don't think that the top three or top four quarterbacks, I think they're, I wouldn't say they're immediately pro ready. Like they'll be lighting up the scoreboard, but they definitely have a lot of tangibles and a lot of qualities to make them a solidified starter in the league. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about Bryce young, man. I think he's too his, little. I think his size concerns me. But... If anything, they got to draft that boy CJ or, they got to, you know, go after that kid out of Florida, I think, you know. But then again, like, if you look at the body types, like, what quarterback in the NFL right now do you look at? And he's just absolutely shredded. Like, none of those guys are just absolutely shredded from head to toe like that kid is. And it's because they're focused on other things. They're focused on their tangibles and other stuff. So, like, yeah. Peyton Manning was not ripped. Tom Brady's not ripped. Um you know, Lamar, he's athletic, but he's not ripped. Pat Mahomes isn't ripped, but like they're, they're focused on other things and they're tangibles, but that guy's just ripped. And I'm, it's what ripped quarterback like that, that has that kind of physicality has been successful in the league. Can you think of one besides, you know, before that cam? Uh, Vic was defined, but he, his, his passing was non-existent, not non-existent, but it wasn't the greatest, to say the least. That's putting it nicely. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think Anthony Richardson is, has a similar build to Cam Newton. Um, I'd have to look up Richardson's numbers, size. But uh, he, for some reason, I'm wanting to say size-wise, similar to Pat. But other, other than that, I, that that's, the Panthers can kind of go either way. I know you said Bryce Young probably wouldn't work out, but – um, just because of his size. So if we're going size, it'd be C.J. Stroud, Richardson, or even Will Le- uh, uh, Levies. And actually, I just looked it up. Anthony Richardson is bigger than Mahomes. I don't think Will Levis is – Will Levis's draft stock has dropped significantly. He was top 10 – or he was top five, then he was top 10. Now he's like the 19th pick or something is what they're saying. I don't know. But he, he seems similar he's, to Josh Allen. He's He's dropping – He's dropping a lot, and I I don't think he's right, Josh Allen is way better than he was in college. I don't think Will Levis had a lot of like clutch moments in the SECs, which is obviously the hardest and the best football division in college football, um, without a doubt. And I don't think that he has what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. I think he'd be a good you know backup if something kind of happened, but. I don't think he's going to come out there and sit out maybe a year and then do what Pat did. I don't think that he's going to be able to come out and start right away and do, you know, and produce as well as, you know, some of these other quarterbacks. But I don't, I don't think at all that he's going to, he reminds me a lot about Mike Glennon. Um, You know, Mike Glennon, they had some high hopes for him in Tampa and he just, you know, just didn't really get, get anything going. So I think he's, I just don't think he's it, and I think he's a wasted pick and a little bit of waste of money. I wouldn't even draft him. Well, I will say, at least according to Mel Kiper Jr., I'm actually legitimately looking at his 2023 NFL mock draft draft 3.0. I 
I pause the TV so I can look at this. I have it on mute. I have it on Sports Center. Mel Kiper Jr. Top five picks are all quarterbacks. Yes, CJ. No, top four, top five picks. Four of them are quarterbacks. Panthers, CJ Stroud. Houston Texans, Bryce Young. Indianapolis Colts, Will Levis. And then the fifth pick, fourth pick was the Cardinals. They would take outside linebacker again, according to Mel Kiper Jr. Outside yeah. linebacker Will Anderson Jr. And then Seahawks, Anthony Richardson, which none of that makes sense. Well, the top three picks make sense, but the Anthony Richardson pick does not make sense concerning what they just gave Gino. That you know what? It does make sense. So this is why. They got Geno Smith for the next three years. They're gonna pay him, right? But Richardson did not produce in college like he did in the combine. Yeah. So what they are hoping is maybe the next couple of years they can, you know, build him up with a positive team atmosphere with what they like. Because, I mean, even Tyler Lockett came out and said after one of their post-game interviews and said, it's crazy what, you know, a team can do after, you know, once nobody's pointing fingers or who's wanting to take the credit. And I remember the watching the first game of the season and the everybody in the crowd was screaming, Gino, 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 when they were playing against, you know, Russ and the Broncos. So... I think that they're going to use Geno as a way to drive this young quarterback if they do draft him, get him up and going according to this draft, if that's, this is what they do, which I don't think they will. But if they do that, then that gives them the four years to build him up with his rookie contract. And then on his last year, which is also Geno's last year, the third year, they're going to have him duke it out. And if he is able enough to play and he's good enough to keep on going, then, yeah, they're going to give that rookie quarterback that bigger check after his fourth season so they can have an insurance year policy from that third year. Gino, on that third year of his contract, um, you know, if he starts, you know, not producing, they yeah. have that quarterback again, but then they're like, all right, we can also wait. Like, we don't need, we don't need to win, you know, A, B, and C right now. Like, let's think long-term. You know, Pete Carroll's a great a great, he's a smart coach, one of the best defensive coaches of all time. Um, yeah. So I think that he has some smartness in that as well with contracts and quarterbacks and learning, you know, from Russ instead of putting all your eggs in one basket. So they're staying diverse. They're staying smart with the money. And they, I think that would be actually a decent pick. I didn't actually think about that. Yeah. I, well, when I initially, initially said it, I like pick number five and I don't remember the, I don't know the exact number on, uh, first round draft pick, especially top five. Um, I was thinking contracts and salary cap. Well, yes, in terms of quarterback future, with um, that'd be a great idea. It'd be like a prolonged version of Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes or the same time same time, time frame of Favre and Aaron Rodgers, just hopefully Gino doesn't give uh, Anthony Richardson the Brett Favre treatment. Um, in other words, ignoring him or insulting him. <laughs> but um, yeah. I was just thinking cap space-wise. But, yes, you, you nailed on the head. It'd be perfect if Gino plays like he did last year, a little bit better, hopefully a little bit better in the uh, second half of the season in the playoff stretch. Um, but uh, keep Gino around for a couple more years, then uh, have Anthony Richardson in that in that third year. After three years, Richardson takes the takes the ball. <laughs> yeah, I think he, I also I think it'd be perfect in that you, offense. You understand I don't know. what I was saying, though? Like, how yeah, they I did the three year, and the rookies get like their four years, and then. Yeah. Once that three year marks ended and they have that, you know, cushion year to restabilize Richardson's, you know, um, contract. So I was just thinking to cap space, but there's always some sort of wiggle room with the cap space. I uh, I don't remember which GM it was, but on the Pat McAfee show two years ago, I was listening. I was listening to a GM on there. I, I don't remember who it was, um, but he said everybody kind of has a wiggle room about the cap space. And they also have like four or five different people, not just the GM itself. Work, looking at the cap and saying, here's what you should do. But I was just thinking cap space. I wasn't thinking how it wouldn't be a great fit for the Seahawks or um, time frame, stuff like that. I was just thinking numbers. But you did know, you did know that on the head. Um, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm trying to think if there's any other hot free agencies I wanted to look at. Derek Carr did go to the Saints. I will put a little personal tidbit on that one. Um, I've always liked Derek Carr. I remember in 2014 when he entered into the league um, with the Raiders. Um, yes, a Chiefs fan liking a uh, Raiders player. I've always been a big fan of Derek Carr. I don't care what jersey he's wearing. He's a nice guy. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's great, but he is very good, very solid. And I remember in 2014, it was a Thursday night football game. 
and Chiefs facing the Raiders. Raiders, no wins. Who wins the game? Raiders. Chiefs lose in Chiefs fashion. What does Derek Carr say after the game? I always think a Raiders player is going to talk some major trash. It's a big rivalry, right? No, he says the Chiefs are going to go far in the playoffs, and it was a great game for the Raiders. But ever since then, I've liked him. I think the Raiders were unfair to him. Um, I know this is the real world, and fair doesn't really matter at times, but they were unfair to him. I don't think he's got a great, great step with the Saints. Um, if Alvin Kamara doesn't – those legal issues don't keep him from playing and he can kind of get back to where he was and Jamal Williams works out like he did in Detroit, um, Derek Carr is going to be great with the Saints. And what New Orleans has that the Raiders didn't have is a legit defense. I genuinely really like Derek Carr as a quarterback. I think that he had the weapons in Oakland, um, which was kind of upsetting to see that they didn't do better. Um, you know, I I do like, you know, Hunter out of Clemson. Um, you know, they had Darren Waller. He had Devontae Adams. You know, I know there were some injuries, but he had a bunch of different targets. And I think that he just didn't utilize them well or the Raiders didn't, you know, put him in a position to utilize them well or Josh Jacobs for him to swing out to him to utilize them well. Um, I hope the Saints can, you know, acknowledge that he, that Derek Carr can be utilized in a few different ways, uh, especially with the rising star Chris Olave, um, who was just absolutely insane at Ohio State. And I'm really, you know, excited to see, you know, the moves that they go for in the draft. Uh, are they going to you know, get some, him some help. Are they going to try and bulk up that line? Um, but, because you know, turnover McGee, Andy Dalton, just <laughs> and Jameis Winston have been their quarterback for, you know, on and off. And it's just ever since Drew Brees, you know, they're, again, again, it's hard to find another Drew Brees, but yeah. I don't think they're going to be happy with the quarterback for a while. So I think Derek their, is their best step to taking that next step to finding a quarterback that can actually do something for them. Um, so, I mean, just like Drew Brees, he played for, you know, San, when the Chargers were in San Diego, he played for them. And then he went, you know, he went over to the, to the Saints. So you never know, Derek Carr could be that guy who got drafted by this team. You know, they had a few all right seasons. He was decent. And then, you know, he get canned and he goes over there and now he lights it up. So I will, I will say um, a kind of similar windows there because both AFC West teams, now they're both headed to the Saints or both headed to the Saints. Um, only difference is a bit of a longer period. I think Breeze was with the Chargers for, I want to say, a year, maybe two years. I remember exactly. I was still a little young at the time. Um, but, yes, very, very similar windows. I don't think Derek Carr is Drew Breeze, but, yes, he does need to utilize his weapons better. But he does have a defense, so that way on the days he does light it up, the defense can back him up. And also he's not facing Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, or a solid defense with Denver. Um Notice how I didn't mention quarterback with Denver. I wanted to take a little shot at them there, but you get my point. Um, Also, one final big free agency news. Um, Not really news. I honestly just wanted to ask your opinion on it. Even in, even in before I started bringing you on, um, whenever we talk on the phone or text or family get togethers or whatever, I don't think we've ever really talked about Aaron Rodgers. How are you feeling about the Aaron Rodgers situation? He said he wants to play for the Jets. That's his intention. It's just the Jets and Packers got to figure out the compensation. Um, I'm assuming the Packers want some, a couple extra first-round picks than just one. I'm assuming the Jets don't think that because they don't know how long he'll be around. So is this on Aaron Rodgers, or is Aaron Rodgers finally being upfront about what he wants to do, and the Jets and Packers just got to figure it out? I think that there's probably already something in the works. I mean, they already signed – the Jets have already signed Lazard and – you know, Cobb, I believe. So they're they're looking and they're talking with Aaron. They asked him, you know, I watched it on Pat. They asked him, um, you know, who do you want to work with? And he's like, you know, you'd be stupid not to sign like OBJ and like this other stuff. So the Jets are very interested. Like they haven't had a good quarterback since Brett Favre came and played for them for a season. Like you can say what you want about Mark Sanchez, but Mr. Buttfumble was not good. I don't care. Um, you know, it's just – I think they're desperate for one. And I think, you know, even halfway through this past season, talking about their current quarterback situation with, you know, Mike White, who went down, who's now with Miami and, you know, um, Zach Wilson, they even said after midseason that Zach Wilson needs a reality check. 
Um, he, his teammates kind of think he's kind of, you know, a douche. Um, sorry for saying that, but he is. They think that, you know, he needs a team check, reality check. And I think this could be a big one for him, especially with a leader like Aaron coming into the locker room and could probably help him out. Get I some think so, competition. Too. So and then if even if Aaron only stays for a couple more years, uh, that'll be, you know, a good boost, not just for the team, you know, winning wise and trying to make a playoff run, but also be good, you know, for the Jets morale, just because I don't when was the last time they had the playoffs? 2012? Yeah, I believe so. 2011. I want to say 2011 because those first two years with Rex Ryan, they made the AFC Championship. And 2012 was the year of the bump fumble. Yeah. So it was, it might have been sooner than that then. So yeah, it's, I, they need, they need a little bit of that. And I think that Zach Wilson could be a long term solution there. But he, it starts with Aaron Rodgers coming in and getting them some wins and helping him become mature enough to play in the NFL. And I'm not just saying mature physically, but mentally as well, because I do not think that he's um, either. Yeah, I don't think Zach Wilson physically is bad. I just think he has it in his head that he can do whatever he wants and say whatever he wants. So when he goes on the field, he's like, oh, I I can chuck it deep. He can. He can move around. He can, but he has it in his own head. I don't care what the play is. I'm going to do what I want. And when he does that, I'm the – um, some veterans in that secondary are going to have their way with you. So um, maybe I shouldn't word it like that, but that's what they're going to do. You're going to get picked off all day. You're going to get – your passes are going to get knocked down all day. So um, they're going to flail. Um, is there any other free agency you wanted to touch on or you want to move on into the greatest postseason in all of sports, March Madness? Uh, yeah, before we go into that, you know, just kind of going on, um, the draft is what we were talking about, what I think. I kind of just want to go through with you real quick and just say who you think is going to get picked. Um, I'm just going to throw a team out there, and I want you to just tell me who you think they're going to pick. And I'm going to tell you what pick they have. Okay. All right. Uh, the sixth pick, uh, the Lions that they got from the Rams. I'd have to see – hang on, I have my mock draft pulled up. But I think they go defense because they were the worst defense in all of football. Um, but I want—I really want to say they go with uh, an, an edge rusher, and I have hit the name on the tip of my tongue. I'm just not remembering – who it was. No, I want to say with you don't got to tell me exactly who. I'm just like, I just want to know like where you think they're going to fill because I'm, I'm writing stuff down too. So like, I'm excited for the draft. I get extremely excited. The um, closest, but... Once April get, gets here, I don't mean to talk about myself, but once April gets here, after that first weekend of April, I, I you know, I love, I love March Madness. I love the other sport that you don't want to talk about. Um, that's their big Super Bowl like season. Um, it's not really a sport, but you get my point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I that, and then you have opening day, and then once after like that first weekend of April, then I start looking up uh, mock drafts more. Um, but I would think uh, Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Okay. The, like the, I think he's the best defensive. Ta- I said Ed Redford, best okay. defensive tackle. And then, all right, I'm just gonna shoot you a couple more. Just fire off what you think they're gonna do, uh, just really quick, so we can get to the next little segment. Um, who do you think the Buccaneers are gonna pick with the 19th pick? Because they did just get Baker, so are they going to go like for that? You know, pick what? Do you, what do you think the Bucks are going to do with the nineteenth pick? Uh, well, their offensive time, their offensive line has been depleted um, due to injury or age, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Brady, um, Tom forty six, uh, TB forty six, or uh, Kevin Bacon forty six could not do any could not do anything. Um, okay. So I think they go offensive line. Okay, and what about the Cowboys with the 26th pick? I want to say they either go running back or something in the secondary. Really? You think that they're going to get rid of Tony Pollard? No, I just think because they got rid of Zeke, um, they, they go they go something with running backs, depending on what they can get, or uh, something in the secondary, or, the, or uh, the, D, the D line, not secondary. I, was, I know their defense is good. I was trying to remember what their main weakness was. It was either D line or uh, secondary. Okay. All right, and then you know, the last pick in the first round, 
Kansas City Chiefs, who do you think they're going to go for? I, I really want to see them go after an edge rusher. I, I love what they got. Um, being a homer, I'd love to see them get Felix. Okay. On two different fronts, from co- from college and pro. Um, but an edge rusher to line up opposite of George Karlaftis um, from, from Purdue, um, okay. the uh, second-year guy, and then help out Chris Jones. So – now, I'll, I'll just ask you one real quick. What do you think the Ravens go with? And then we'll move on to Mars Madness. <laughs> Man, if they don't pick a receiver, I'm going to freak out. I know that they're going to – they – God, dude, they need, to, they need to help that man, Lamar. They need to help him. They need to help him. <laughs> the Quentin Johnson out of TCU or Jordan Addison out of USC or anybody, man. Just, like, draft that man a receiver and don't trade him away. Do we need to find Jerry Rice and Anquan Bolden, throw them in the Fountain of Youth, and just have the Ravens sign them? I feel like we need to, man. It's it's ridiculous. You can't just close your eyes and throw it down the field and hope that Mark Andrews is down there somewhere. Like I, I don't mean to, again. I don't mean to sound like a homer again. We'll get into March Madness right after I make this comment. There's only so many coaches that can make any sort of receiver work, and I love John Harbaugh, but he is not an Andy Reid offensively. But <laughs> sorry, I want I wanted to make that joke. Um, we'll, we'll get in. We'll get into March Madness. Um, if if the Ravens don't draft a receiver or a solid receiver, I will lift the PG rating on my podcast and let you go <laughs> off after the draft, just for I one episode. That. Just I for one episode, I'll put a PSA warning and say, "Hey, if you are a child or religious, please do not listen." I won't say anything, but you 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 can go off. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. All right, all right, we'll get into it. Um, we'll save a certain game. For later um, on in this segment, so you do not go into a non-PG tirade again, um, <laughs> or possibly. Okay. Um, if you had your first thoughts from March Madness, what is your first? I have a thought. Uh, if you had your first thought from the first two rounds, what is your first? I have two thoughts, but what, what are your first thoughts? Uh, well, just ripping off the Band-Aid, Kansas decided to, you know, Lose to Arkansas, which I was just baffled that, you know, our couple of our seniors who just played like garbage that game and they didn't the last like two and a half minutes, it was like boxing out and rebounding on the defensive side just like wasn't in their brain. And I just it it just baffled me that they thought they had it in the bag and it was like back and forth points and they were playing like they had already won. And I was like, why are you guys like not, what are you doing? And they just, it was very upsetting. They, it was annoying. Um, I'm not even going to make an excuse. They just, they just didn't do their job. They weren't disciplined towards the end. And Arkansas took advantage of, you know, our mess ups or Kansas's mess ups. So, you know, props to Arkansas, but, you know, they're not going to make it too much farther in <laughs> uh, the tournament. Um but, Eric Musselman is a solid coach. He is a – I'm not going to comment, but he is a very good coach. I would not say they're just going to get bounced in the next round. They they possibly could, but if I'm not mistaken, they've been in the Elite Eight the past two years, correct? Uh, you might be right. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to Arkansas, but, um, you know, I watch them a little bit through SEC Network, but um, – you know, there's another team that lost that, like, I'm not upset about, but, like, all the Blue Bloods are out. Like, North Carolina didn't even make the tournament this year. Duke's out. Kentucky's out. Kansas is out. Like, what? There's something weird in the air this year. There's going to be a team that wins it that's coming out. I mean, the, t- the tide is turning. I don't think. Creighton looks good this year, man. Uh, Tennessee looks really good. Kansas State looks really good. Thank you. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. There's UConn looks great. My God, UConn looks great. Um, but yeah, they're just Providence coming out of nowhere. And also, I think poor Marquette, dude. They, I think that coach. I think he's lost seven of his last eight games in March Madness. Um, his, he had one good run at VCU when they beat you know Kansas in like 2010 or 11 and 12 or something like that. 2009, I don't know. Um, and when he was still coaching at VCU, they beat Kansas. Then after that, you know, he was off to bigger and better places, but he hasn't lived up to that ever since. So he's 
I, yeah. I just think Mr. March. I mean, yeah, I know, I, I hear what you're saying and his luck with the uh, in the playoffs, but I just think Mr. March, Tom Izzo is back, and I really hope seeing Jerome Tang out coach John Calipari, and out of all the blue blood coaches, Bill Self, he's probably my favorite. Um, I'm this is a little tidbit here on Calipari, um, Coach K. Roy Williams, those top four guys. I've always respected those three guys. Calipari always bugged me with some of his antics on the court. I'm not saying he's not great or one of the, one of the best. He is, but he always bugged me. And this and this past weekend, he he proved that. But um, the, you're right. The tide is changing. But I do think Tom Izzo just kind of had a little comeback. I'm hoping Jerome Tang coaches the way he did against uh, Calipari um, against Izzo. If he does, Kansas State's heading to the Elite Eight, in my opinion. Um, I did have for my first two thoughts. You brought up KU. I didn't think you were going to rip the Band-Aid off. I made the joke when I texted you. We were going to start off with it. Um, you ripped the Band-Aid off like Musselman ripped his shirt off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to say it. Um, I'm starting to think the competition, not the competition, but the margin between number one seeds and number 16 seeds is slowly but surely closing and fairly – FDU, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but FDU proved that. I mean, their basketball gym looks like a scene out of One Tree Hill. So, I, I it's the ties just closing, and then, um, like I said, Kansas State, Jerome Tang, uh, out coaching Calipari. Um, instead of just having those normal reactions like everybody else does, do you want to make some picks for this weekend, Sweet Sixteen? And then we can go with the Elite Eight. Um. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's run through, and uh, let's see what's going on with the Sweet Sixteen. I'm um, I'm bringing it up now. I thought I had it pulled up. That's why I asked. I was like, oh, hey, hang on one second. I believe the first two games this Thursday are Kansas State and Michigan State and Alabama and San Diego State. Yeah, so the first – there's – Bama plays Indiana. Or wait, whoa. San Diego State. Bama plays – Bama plays uh, San Diego State and then Creighton plays – um. Yeah, just read them down the list. Do you have a picture of the thing? I need to pull up my thing. Yeah, I got a link. I use, I use CBS Sports. Uh, Bama versus San Diego State. Uh, Bama's gonna win that game. I think that they're they're just rocking and rolling. I I could see maybe an upset, but I just I don't know. Bama's rocking and rolling. Bama wins. And then Kansas State versus Michigan State. Uh, that'll be a good one. But I'm gonna rock with the purple blood. I'm gonna go Kansas State. I really hope no KU fans listen to this and call you out because you just said purple blood. They might uh, lose it. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, Kansas can't, can't State KU fans don't have that much bad blood as, mu- as much as I thought, uh, at least in recent memory. Um, no, I do agree with both of those. Bama, I think Bama wins. Uh, San Diego State's going to kind of keep them in check for the most of the game, but Alabama will pull away. And I do agree with Kansas State. I think they're just kind of – I think Marquise Noel – as a senior, kind of had a legacy game last week. And I think with John Calipari calling him little kid in the postgame press conference might have uh, heightened it up. Now, Mark Houston was a really good dude. He tweeted out today that him and Calipari kind of talked it out and they're good. But um, we all know how Calipari works, and I think he motivated him, at least for this first, this uh, Sweet 16, possibly Elite 8. But we'll get down. I'll, uh, I'll worry about that if they do win. Um, yeah. You also have UConn and Arkansas. UCLA and Gonzaga, the next two. UConn beats Arkansas. Yeah, I are, – are you saying that because you're salty or do you just think Arkansas just kind of got kind of got the – No, I, just, I genuinely think UConn looks like the best team in the, in the uh, tourney right now. I really do. I, I think it's a great coaching matchup, but I think Arkansas's defense will not hold up. Their rebounding will not hold up. I I think UConn doesn't necessarily run circles around them, but they do win decisively. 
And then USL, UC, US, UCLA versus Gonzaga. Uh, UCLA. I can't stand Gonzaga. I don't know why. It's probably their name. It's either the fact that every year they play a bunch of no-name teams and they come into the thing and everybody thinks that they deserve to be a number one seed, but Gonzaga just doesn't play against all these good teams and they come in and they lose to like North Dakota State or something. That's, um, that so. sounds like a throwback Tuesday from where you were in, you were in middle school and I was in high school and you felt that way about the Wichita State Shockers. We will not get into that today because I know that gets your blood boiling. <laughs> Wichita, so State, that... Wichita State had their couple seasons where they played against a bunch of no-name teams and they had a bunch of good recruits come in. And then after that, they haven't been doing anything. So I don't want to hear it. They're not a legacy school. They're not a legacy team. They had a make-a-wish season. Other than that, I don't really care. Wichita State, oh, my gosh, dude. They're, that's so annoying. It's just a bunch of bandwagon fans. It's just a bunch of yellow and black. That stuff belongs on bugs, not on a T-shirt. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I'm going to get into this last one. Um, your second favorite team, Texas. I'm kidding. Texas versus Xavier. God, that's actually going to be a great game, dude. I've actually kept up with Texas decently a bit, and they've played great this year. Um, there's a couple games where they, you know, let go just because they get lost in transition sometimes on defense. But, um, gosh, but Xavier's looking good. Now, I thought they were going to lose the other night. I was freaking out because of my bracket. But I'm I'm going to pick Texas. I think that Texas is going to come out, and I think Xavier is getting a little bit too comfortable. I think Texas is going to come with a chip on their shoulder. I think this will be the closest matchup in terms of scoreboard um, because both rank top both rank top 40 in scoring per CBS, both rank top 40 in scoring and among, among the top 20 in assists in the nation. So I think it will be one of the most, most – uh, the closest game in terms of scoring, yeah. like I said. Um I agree with you on all, all the other games, UConn, um, UCLA, and uh, Texas as well. I, I think it's a uh, – I was a little biased on – oh, and then we also have Creighton versus Princeton. And Tennessee versus FAU. I know Princeton is kind of this year's Cinderella – but they kind of they just look better. Yeah, they look good. I don't know. Really good, man. They're balling. Um, we do this thing in my house with my roommates. Uh, whoever we all did our brackets together, and whoever you know wins gets to choose what the others cook for dinner and do some other stuff, and. The one person in the house who doesn't watch basketball or keep up with sports is winning the bracket. And I'm like, all right, well, looks like I'm making kombucha or something right after March Madness. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Princeton – I don't know how to I, – I don't know if I can pick this game. I, I want to say Princeton. I just think they're a Cinderella. I think their magic runs out in the Elite Eight. But I, I really want to stay. I really want to stay Princeton. I, I just feel like they they hit their threes. Their defense isn't overly aggressive. So I, I honestly got I got to go with Princeton. And then Tennessee versus FAU. I'm giving it to Tennessee. FAU's magic runs out. I know they're 33 and three, but it reminds me of the Shockers in 2013, 2012 when they were 34 and nothing. And they lost in the Elite Eight. Although I just think FAU loses around earlier. They lose to Tennessee. True, true, true. And then I was going to kind of predict the Elite Eight, but I kind of like to do a reaction show to that. Because if, if it holds up, it'd be Princeton versus Bama. I would give that one to Bama. And then if uh, our scores hold up, Kansas State versus Tennessee. I'd say Tennessee wins because they're too aggressive for Kansas State. Could go either way because Kansas State kind of plays bully ball with some of their guys, but I just, I just don't think they can t- hold up with their aggressiveness, unfortunately. Um, 
We do have Miami and Houston as well. My goodness, I had a bad link pulled up. I missed a couple of games. I missed the game. Um, I, I got to give that one to Houston. I know Miami has Nigel Pack, who used to be a Wildcat. But Houston's the number one seed for a reason, and they're trying to put their stamp on their previous conference and go into the Big 12 as national champs. So it'd be Houston versus Texas in the Elite Eight. And then again, if our predictions hold up, it'd be UConn versus UCLA. So by our predictions, it's UConn, UCLA, Houston and Texas, a Texas matchup, Kansas State versus Tennessee, and then Princeton, Bama. Not sure how it's going to fizzle out, play out, but I think we're in for a bit of a a new Elite Eight. Like you said, no more Blue Bloods. And not as many Big 12 teams as I thought there would be. I was a little biased on that one. Okay. Um, I will say we have covered both of our points, both both of our talking points. March Madness and NFL free agency. Was there anything else you wanted to hit? Um, I don't know, man. That's up to you. Because um, I, I will, I will. If not, I'll end our segments. I got a couple of things I wanted to talk about real quick. I know you're not a big NBA fan. I was gonna, I was gonna. I have my best of the West and beasts of the East, and then uh, my my Enskeeps four, my my weekly. Um, I did Enskeeps four. Something I haven't done in a while, and Enskeeps turnovers. I remember when we were talking about KU and the one and done. And for some odd reason, I was thinking the one and done era was over. It is not. I was wrong on that. So that is an Enskeeps turnover worthy worthy uh, point. I was wrong on the one and done because apparently there are reports out that Greggy Dick might go to the NBA. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I don't think that's a good move. If he does, I don't think he's ready. Yeah, um, I don't think he's ready at all either. But you know what? It's hard to chase away that money. So, to each their own. We'll. we'll I mean, he's one. a great three point shooter. I'll give him that. But everything else, I think he needs to work on. Yeah. Well, Hunter, if that's all you got, I'm going to go ahead and end our segment for this one. That has been the DH segment for this week. We'll come back next week and uh, review the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, and then we'll start doing some draft reviews. I'll do my homework finally. And then uh, if you want, we'll talk about the World Baseball Classic Championship if you want to. I know, you're, I know you love your baseball. Sounds like a plan to me, son. All righty. Thank you. All right. See you later, buddy. everybody i am back after the dh segment again with my brother hunter thank you for coming on you killed it as always but before i send you off i want to get into nscapes 4 and my nba tiers start per usual starting off with the wwe kevin owens just keep fighting him and Sami Zayn are now officially headed to wrestlemania i'm hoping the main event of night one taking on the usos the raw and smackdown tag team champions um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have recently re- recently reunited, and Kevin Owens just looks like he's on a tear. It looks like he has a bloodlines number. With the XFL, you have Abram Smith from the DC Defenders. He carried them to a 5-0 record with 23 carries, 218 yards, and three touchdowns. For the NBA, you have Joel Embiid and DeMar Rosen. DeMar DeRozan put up 131 points. In the past seven days, he has also put up 30 rebounds, 19 assists, a block, and 11 steals. And he had done that in victory. Uh, he had did that 
which came along with some victories in overtime over the Timberwolves and 76ers. Joel Embiid, on the other hand, has put up 142 points, 54 rebounds, 16 assists, 13 blocks, and one steal. And he has done that in part. He has done that with wins over the Pacers and the Hornets. Again, that is in Skeeps for this week. That is Joel Embiid, DeMar DeRozan, Abram Smith, and Kevin Owens. Now, getting into my tiers, you guys know how it is. Best of the West and my Beasts of the East. Sorry for the long pause. Denver Nuggets. Still have the second best offense in the West and in the league. But they did get it, but the Nuggets did get a road win in Detroit. And they remain one of the top defensive teams in the league. Sorry, top half of the defensive teams in the league. So the Nuggets take the slight edge over the Sacramento Kings, which are my second best team in the West, still have the best offense in the league by a quite a wide margin, but their defense is not great, but they do have pick and roll execution at its best, especially in the fourth quarter in Chicago this past Wednesday. Next up, I am throwing in the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker is averaging 34.1 points on 57, 45, 84 shooting splits in the month of March. But the Suns have lost four of their last five games. However, right now with the way Devin Booker is, I got to put them in the best of the West. So Denver Nuggets, Sacramento Kings, and Phoenix Suns. Beasts of the East, not much to change here, except for the order, really. Philadelphia 76ers, I just talked about their stud center, Joel Embiid. They have the third best offense in the league and the seventh best defense in the league. With an offensive rating at three, and like I said, defensive rating at seven. And then the Milwaukee Bucks, again, offense is still in the bottom half of the league, but their defense is top three. Um, the Bucks have still seen the league's biggest drop by a wide margin and opponents an opponent's three-point rate with 36.5% of their opponent's shots having come from beyond the arc. Then the Boston Celtics, they're ranked fourth in both categories in offense and defensive rating. So that is your beef, uh, beasts of the East, Philadelphia 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks, and Boston Celtics. All of this is per NBA.com. Now, something I haven't done in a while. I wanted to kind of do a little plot review of a couple movies I've seen recently. Ant-Man, Quantumania, and Scream 6. Now, if I had to give you a scale of 110 on Ant-Man, Quantumania... Go on Twitter, go on Reddit, go look at all of the reviews. It's kind of, eh. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it because I took it as the first episode of a TV series. Look at this as the first episode of Phase 5. Phase 5 and 6 are going to be huge with Secret Wars and the Kang Dynasty and all that. Fantastic Four coming. We got Deadpool coming. We got a lot going on. And Ant-Man King Dynasty proves shows how strong King is and also shows how much of a vital piece Ant-Man is to this whole, uh, I can't think, uh, multiverse saga. So didn't really want to do a plot review. I just wanted to put my two cents on there. I also want to go see, see Scream 6. I am not a fan of movies in where a woman or a pet is being harmed. For some odd reason, though, I have been able to watch all of the Scream movies. I don't know if it's because of the plot or it's something more human-like. I remember seeing this somewhere, and I, I, I would give credit if I do give credit where credit is due. But if you watch a movie like Scream with a killer-like ghost face compared to all these other supernatural horror flicks, they all have these sort of powers where they're unstoppable. And Ghostface seems like you can stop him because he's human. He's, he's tripping over furniture. He's slipping as he's coming after you. Don't get me wrong. It's still terrifying. But it's not... And I say he. I mean he or she. 
there's been multiple killers. Scream 6 had three, spoiler alert. It's been out for a week. I know, two weeks now. Um, it's just something different. Now, speaking of something different, Scream 6 was different. The violence, a lot more violent. So if you're not a fan of major violence, I don't know why you'd go to a thriller like that in the first place. It's not horror. It's more so thriller. but And mystery as well. Um, they brought back Kirby Reed, which I thought was awesome. Uh, Hayden Finitary, um brought back. She's now an FBI agent in the, in the movie. So if you've seen the trailer about in the movie, you're wondering what she is. That is a bit of a spoiler alert. I guess she is, a, if she is an FBI agent. Um, the killer reveal wasn't really surprising. I didn't really expect it, but it wasn't surprising. Um, it was just kind of odd. Obviously, you know, there's a shine of all the ghost face. Um, I, I think it's the best new one out of the of the next three. There's the first three and then the, the next three. I think it's the best one. Scream 4 is pretty good. Um, that has a lot more jump scares. If anything, there's not a lot of jump scares in the Scream franchise, in my opinion. But of all the fact the Scream movies have gotten over the years, I think this is one of the best ones. And then Ant-Man 3, I think people just need to lay off of. But this was my entertainment section of this show. It's probably going to be a bit before we get into that again. Um, I guess if you want to include wrestling, I guess I do a little bit of entertainment every week. But um, no TV shows to review anytime soon. No movies to review anytime soon, at least not until May. There is a movie coming out. I can't remember what it's called. I'm pretty sure it's called Air Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, um, with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, talking about how Nike um, got into sports. Um, but that is all I have for you today. Hunter, again, thank you. That is now the DH segment. That will be more often from now on. You have your Inscapes 4, Kevin Owens, Abram Smith, Joel Embiid, DeMar DeRozan. You have your NBA tiers, Best of the West, Beasts of the East, Denver Nuggets, Sacramento Kings, Phoenix Suns. Then the Beasts of the East, Philadelphia Sixers, Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics. Then also I want to give my two cents on Ant-Man 3 and Scream 6. That is all I have for you guys today. Thank you. I'm out of here. Thank you.